day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. This is what I want you to do. See, we're praying this morning. I felt like this, this is the word of the Lord. He's, he wants us to take a deep breath and hold it. So w- right now, what I want you to do is take a deep breath and hold it in. Keep holding it. Hold like, like William Wallace. Hold. Now let it out. Now, I, I really believe, I, really, I was sitting in that prayer meeting and, and, and this, you know, this quickening of the Lord was that... Um, he wants us to. He wants to expand us spiritually, and uh, you know, I love. I love what um, Robin shared this morning. You know, it was a tough word about. You know, God loves all the either hot or cold, and uh, either if we're if we're not hot or cold, if we're lukewarm, He'll spit us out of His mouth. And I really believe that was an unction towards worship this year. And He says, if we're breathing in the breath of God, if we're getting into His Word, if we're if we're um, being a blessing in, in, in the body of Christ, if we are praying, if we're, if we're accessing the kingdom of God, if we're breathing in the kingdom of God, when we breathe out into worship, we'll see amazing things happen. Because he wants us to be hot. I really, that last week we spoke about following hard after God, not for anything that he can do for us, but because of who he is, full stop. And uh, so what I want you to do is every time you're having a, having a challenge, every time you're thinking about something, every time you're reading the Word of God, every time you th- con- consider what's before you, take a breath. And this is, your, this is what I really believe God wants you to remember this year. Every time you take a breath and hold it, you're beholding His goodness. You know, you don't, you're not looking at His goodness, you're beholding His goodness. And He wants us to do that this year. He wants us to behold who he is. You know, we're going to take communion at the end of this service as we do every week. And uh, he's asked us to remember his son dying on the cross for each of us. He wants us to behold the things that he has put before us so that we can live in his freedom. That's gold. You know, next week we share, we're going to share the vision of, this, of the church for the year. And uh, I encourage you this year to come and listen. And to participate in what God's saying to us. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, we go, okay, what's the, what's the vision of the Lord for us? And, that, and the vision is a mighty, and uh, yeah, I can tell you now, but you've got to come next week because that's when, that's when we're going to release it. But he wants us to be people of participation. He wants us to be people who embrace the word of the Lord. And sometimes he says, look, the vision is one and the same, and it's the will of God that all men be saved. But he says it's as we come into agreement and as we walk together that the things of God become established on earth as it is in heaven. And he wants us to agree. So I encourage you to embrace agreement this year, to embrace a spirit of agreement and participation as we look at these things. I also encourage you to, to put some of your own ideas down. What's, what's your vision for this year? What does God want to establish for you this coming year? Not, not even for, 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 for the success of it or for what it will achieve, but who you will become in the process. See, I think what God's interested, he's interested more in who we're becoming than actually what we're doing. Because he, at the end of the day, he is the one releasing hearts. But it's as we become in him 
our true identity, he can do a real work in us. So I encourage you, but that's next week. This week is a preparation of sorts, a, uh, a cleansing, a detox. It's a flush. It's a irrigation of, of sorts. See, right before us now is a new opportunity. And the opportunity is called 2014. But before we step into that, before we hear the vision, before we step into that, I want us to have a, a, a detox, a cleansing. And if you open your Bible this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it says this, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's interesting when we look back. I was having a bit of a brief look back at the year. And a few interesting things have happened this year. The great seven-time Tour de France champion, Lance Armstrong, admitted that he was taking drugs the whole time and lost all of his championships. For the first time in 600 years, a pope has resigned his papacy and he handed it on to Jorge, Cardinal Jorge from Argentina, who's taken on the name Pope Francis. Xi Jinping is now the head of China this year. Xi Jinping is now the new president of China. Some crazy stuff happened this year. Two Chechnyan, two Chechnyan brothers exploded two bombs in the Boston Marathon in Massachusetts, killing three and injuring 260, 264 people. Some Islamic militants attacked the Westgate shopping mall in Nairobi, killing 62 civilians and wounding a lot more. We have a new royal baby, George. George. It's interesting that the, um, the pontiff, the new, the new pope of, um, the, new pope of, uh, of the, the Catholic Church, is, his name is Jorge, which is actually Spanish for George. Just a thought. George and George. The Liberal National Coalition won power in our government while the US government actually shut down. Typhoon Yolanda, one of the strongest tropical cyclones on record, hit the Philippines and Vietnam, causing devastation with at least 6,000 people dying. Miley Cyrus tried to show us how to come of age with dignity. We lost some greats this year, didn't we? We lost Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher and uh, the ever-loved and respected Nelson Mandela of South Africa. And what an amazing year. But it's a new year. And we want to start with that verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And you want to split it up. And the first phrase of that, there's five key phrases that we want to get through this year. And I want to call them five pillars of preparation. And the first statement, the first pillar of preparation is this. If any man be in Christ. Starts with the word if that says the choice is yours. He's given us free will to choose to be in Christ or to not be in Christ. He says any man, this is not exclusive. The kingdom of God is not exclusive. It says it is your choice. And who gets to choose? If any man, if any person chooses to be in Christ. 
be. This is important. If, any man, be. Be is a constant. It's not a decision that we made when we were a teenager to be in Christ. It's a decision that we're constantly making every day. Did you know, I, I, love, I love when we speak of creation and God said, let there be light. I believe when we accept Christ, it's the same thing. When, when God said, let there be light, it still echoes. The voice of God still echoes. And do you know why it still echoes? It's because there is still light. And when you said, I accept Jesus as my Savior and Lord, it is a constant in your life. We're constantly accepting Christ as our Savior. We're constantly accepting Lord, Him as our King. He, it, it is the constant. It's, it's, not a state of, it's not a decision that we made. It's a state of being. If any person be in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? It says in John Chapter 15, verse 5 to 8, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. See, to be in Christ is to be grafted in to him. And what does it mean to be grafted into him? It means he is your source, he is your sustenance in all aspects of life. It's as we, it's as we gain sustenance from the vine, it's as we gain sustenance from God that we, to, we get to, to, to bear heavenly fruit. Sustenance for our direction. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Isn't it interesting in life? We struggle with direction. We struggle with understanding and we struggle in our relationships. And he says, I am the way. If you're, if you're grafted into my vine, you will discover direction. I am the truth. If you're, if you're challenged in your understanding, he says, I am the truth. So if you abide in me and if my word abides in you, you will understand truth. And in that truth, you'll be free. And he says, I am the life. It's, it's Emmanuel, God with us. He wants us to be a people of relationship. We struggle in our relationships it's as we embrace Jesus as our life, as, the, as our life source, as our sustenance for life, that we get to live in harmony with our brothers and sisters, with our husbands and wives, with our work, work employees and, and employers. I am the way, the truth and the life. So if any man be in Christ, then it goes on to the next statement. He is a new creature. See, when you choose Christ as your source, then the things of him are nourished and the rest of the things in us are challenged. If you've got, a, um, if you've got an old vehicle, you bought a, say, say you bought an old vehicle, and you wanted to upgrade the engine in that vehicle and you pulled out the old six-cylinder and you put a V8 in that vehicle, you're going to have some interesting challenges, aren't you? See, when a car's built, engineers create balance between the engine, between the suspension for steering, and between the braking for stopping. So if you add more horsepower to your engine, you need to take a look at all the other parts of your life as well. So when we think about Christ... When, he's, when we become in him, it's like we've got this new engine, this new capacity. 
And God says, you need to see yourself now as a new creature, as a new creation, because your ability to handle this new power that you've got is pivotal for the rest of your life. See, we cannot live with this power of Christ, but according to our old ways of turning and stopping and, and starting and dealing with these things. Every area of your car with this new engine gets put under pressure when you put a new power into it. So if you're feeling pressure in your life, if you're feeling the challenge in your life, it means you're probably tapping into the goodness and the authority and the power of God, but your old ways are still in action and God's saying, you need to remind yourself that all things have become new. You've become new. You are a new creature. You are a new creation. We are a new people. No longer do we, do we look at each other with our old ways from the external. You know, no longer, God says man looks on the outward appearance. So we say, well, we, don't, we no longer look on the outward appearance. We look on the heart. See, if I look on your outward appearance, I'll judge you based on what I see with my eyes. And he says in Ephesians, he says, open the eyes. Paul prays, may you open the eyes of their understanding that, they, they may, that their hearts may be flooded with light so they may see the glorious inheritance. What's the glorious inheritance? It's the image of God in each other. It's our ability to, to be able to handle this power that he's given us. He's given us amazing power to walk and to do and to encourage and to create and to influence. But he's also said you need a new body to go with it, a spiritual body that's humble and that, that bears the fruit of the Spirit. Romans 6.4 says this, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death that in, that in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. See, when we choose Christ as our Lord and Saviour, our old methods of coping, our old methods of resting are deeply challenged. You know, when you've got a car that's got a very powerful engine, if you want to access that power on the road, you need to be able to turn well. You need to be able to stop well. And you need to be able to, to see quite easily. And if you've got a... If, if you've got the old set of brakes, and you've got the old suspension on your car, but you've got this powerful engine, we're going to be challenged. It's, it's like in our Christian life. If, if we've all got what we call coping mechanisms, we all cope with things. How do you cope with things? Is God today challenging the, your coping mechanisms? Is he saying, I've got some power in you that your coping mechanisms are no longer going to, going to help you with? You need to tap into the vine. You need to understand that in Christ, there is a whole new you. And the key is, is that we need to give up the old so that we can embrace the new. It's interesting if you look back at history and you see people who had an amazing power but didn't have the ability to, to deliver that power with honour, we see bad things happen. If you look at someone in the World War II and a character like Adolf Hitler, he had an amazing um, power and authority and gift that drew people into him, but he didn't have the mechanisms, he didn't have the... He didn't have the, the the um, character and that to go with this power that God had given him. See, God blesses us with authority, but we need to submit ourselves to his character so that when we deliver the authority of God, it gets released in a positive and encouraging and fruitful way. And then you look at someone like Mandela. You know, if anyone's got the right to gripe after being thrown in prison for 27 odd years, you've got the right to gripe, let's face it. But what a man of God does... What a, what a man who understands the things that God does. He says, 
What did Jesus say? Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. So when we humble ourselves, when we choose, when we choose Christ's ways and attach them to his authority and his power, we get to do great things in his name. So if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Then the next line is this. Old things are passed away. This is what Jesus says about your past. This is what Jesus says about everything in the past. It is finished. We can look at it. We can look on our past. You know, it doesn't take our memory away. We know our past. But he says, the gift that you ha- I have for you is today and tomorrow and the future. And he says, he says, be thankful for the past. He says, learn from your past, but live today and for the future. Isaiah says in 43, 18, he says, do not dwell on the past. But I want to have a quick look at Luke 15, 11 to 32. The prodigal son. Any prodigal sons out there? Yes, join the club. 11 to 32 of Luke 15. There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want my inheritance now. So the father divided the property between them. And the son eventually lost all the money but came to his senses and he says, I am going back to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. And he got right up and headed home to his father's house. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and his father's heart was pounding. And he ran out and he embraced him and he kissed him on his neck. And then as he's, as he's embracing his son, his, the son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against God and you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But his father was not listening. Do you ever feel like God's not listening? Maybe you're waffling to him and he's got something better for you. He's saying, why are you worried about yesterday? Yesterday is over. You are my son and I love you and let's have a party. See, the father says this, we are going to feast. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. The older brother though, there was a brother left over who honoured his father and stayed. Refused to join in. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, look, how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. But have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then this son of yours who has thrown away your money on whores shows up and you go out all out with a feast. And this is what his father says. His father says, son... You don't understand. You're with me all of the time. And everything that is mine is yours. But this is a wonderful time. And we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead. And he's alive. He was lost. And now he's found. It does not matter who you are. You may have had a great 2013. You may have had a shocker. You may be confident in your abilities. You may not understand your abilities. And here's the key. 
Life's not so much about what you have or what you haven't got. Life's not so much about what has happened to you. It's not not so much about what you've done or what you haven't done. What matters, what sustains you, is simply that you're with the Father. See, when we invite someone back to the Father, we celebrate. But the real gift is life with the Father. That's the gift. That's what it's about. See, our Father in heaven is what we call infinite. We live in a finite world where things can be measured, but God is infinite. You cannot measure God. His wealth cannot be measured. So when you go away, when you're like a prodigal son and you go away and blow everything that God has given you and you come back, he's infinitely able to give it all to you again and more. And here's the other side of that equation. If you've worked hard for God and you feel like you've been loyal and, and, and you've given him everything that you can and you see him giving some of his favour and blessing and some of potentially your inheritance to someone else. See, when someone takes God, half of God's inheritance away, how much is half of infinity? It doesn't matter what we take from God. It doesn't matter what he gives us. He is still infinitely able to continue either way. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are. God is still infinite. And he is still well able to prepare a pathway before you. So it doesn't matter. It does not matter. What matters is that you're with the Father. See, this is the call of God for us this year. This is the challenge of God is to follow hard after the things of God. Follow hard after God. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold. The next pillar of preparation is to behold. Take a breath, church. Behold. This is what's important. Behold is not just looking. Behold is standing still. And taking stock of who Christ says you are. See, we all think we're something. We all have an understanding of who we are. We all, ha- we, we all have an understanding based on where we've been, what we've done, what we've learnt, and we say, this is who I am. Who am I? I am a pastor. Who are you? I'm a builder. Who are you? I'm a teacher. Do- you know, we, we think who we are. And God's saying, just slow down and behold. He's saying, take stock. Stand still, take stock of who I say that you are. You know, you, you think um, if, you, uh, you, you, if you read old, old um, literature about um, the kingdom days of, of um, England and other nations and um, when the prince would walk into the room or the king would walk into the room, the crier would say, behold the king, behold the prince or the princess. And I really believe that this morning God wants to say to you, he's saying, old things in your life have passed away. And he's saying, behold the prince. Behold the princess. He's saying, when I look at you, I see a son and a daughter. And when the king of all kings sees a son and a daughter, he's saying, you are, you are royalty. 
So one of the things that we need to do each day, because life continues to throw challenges at us, continues to throw left field, left field things at us, and what we need to do when we receive or whatever circumstance we're in, we need to stand still and take stock of who we are in him. And when we understand who we are in him, we make decisions based on his authority, not our experience. One of the most dangerous statements you can make when you're looking forward is to say, well, in my experience, this happens when we make this decision. See, the thing is, is God wants you to know, he says, when, when I sent my son on to earth to die on the cross for your sins, I was inviting you back in to the kingdom of God and to understand your sonship, to understand that you are a son, that you are a daughter and that, that you can be bold in my authority. And when you walk, when you speak, when you do, when you act, you do it in my name. We were praying for the, for the worship team this morning. And when we prayed, you know, the, the word was, when you're standing here, it's not about your name. It's not about my name. You're not here to listen to me. You're not here to listen to Jamie and Rachel sing. You're here to worship the King of all kings, and you're here to get revelation from heaven. So my prayer every week is that the words of Josh, that the song of Jamie or Rachel would fall to the floor and that the worship of your heart and the revelation of heaven would interact and we would see the kingdom of God on, heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. This is, where, this is the hunger of our hearts. The battle of our thinking is we make summations of our identity based on what we've done. And we grow up. We grow up with school and, and, and parents and, and teachers and pastors saying, well, what have you done with yourself? What are you doing with your life? What have you done? Where have you been? What have, how have you been behaving? And we make summations. We get used to making summations about who we are based on what we've done. Today he says, behold, make a new summation based on what I have done and what I am about to do. Jesus says, my father is always working, and so am I. See, he is doing a work in you, and he's doing a work through you, both at the same time. Isaiah 65 says this, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. See, God is working. He is establishing a work. He's creating a new heaven and a new earth as we speak. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And he's asked us to do the same. He's asked us to prepare ourselves and understand that we have this free will to choose to be grafted into him. He's given us the ability to say, I am a new creation in Christ. We are a new people in Christ. He's saying, old things have passed away. Yesterday doesn't help me build on tomorrow. I thank God for yesterday. I was blessed by the relationships. I was, I was blessed by the, by the um, trials. I, I, I gained knowledge and wisdom. And I, and I enjoyed myself. But today is a new day, says the Lord. And I want you to behold who you are in me. And when you understand who you are in me, you can look at the next day. God wants to qualify you for tomorrow by beholding today who you are in him. See, next week we're going to share about vision. And each of you are probably thinking about your vision for the year. And he says, before you step into your vision, behold who you are in Christ today. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things are become new. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. See, God is creating a new you. And one of your challenges in your preparation for a life with God is to accept that you are new. I think sometimes, in, I was talking to one of you this, in the last few weeks about writing a list of all the things that you're not going to do this year as part of your vision. You know, some, sometimes you know, when Jesus says, it is finished, sometimes we need to actually say that to ourselves about our past. We need to remember the great things. We need to be encouraged by the learning and the trials. But we need to understand who we are today in Christ and what we're going to do with him tomorrow. A renewed person acts on new principles, not on experience. We act on the principles of God, not the experience of ourselves. The renewed person acts by new rules, with new ends. We become new company. Remember that grumpy old version of Josh? Well, he's no longer here anymore. Forget about him. Embrace the new, joyful, encouraging Josh. If I've given you a hard time, that's not me. That's gone. Gonski. We are the workmanship of God created in Christ. Behold, all things are become new. You are new. Don't worry about... What I just said a minute ago, it's new. Right now is new. Every moment is new. And as we embrace this moment, we get to walk in the authority of God. There's a new course of life. There's a new way of serving Christ by his, being led by his spirit through the principles of grace. Why doesn't the worship team jump up? That would be great. See, there's five pillars in preparation. The first one is we are in Christ. The second one is we are a new people. The third one is our old things are passed away. The fourth one is we behold his truth. And the fifth one is all things are becoming new. And as we look to this new year of discovering God, discovering ourselves, developing our, our understanding and our relationship with him and serving him in a new way, we accept these things in preparation. The Bible says, as we hunger and thirst after righteousness, as we hunger and thirst after right standing with him, as we hunger and thirst after who he says we are, as we hunger and thirst after what heaven says about us, we will be filled. We will be empowered. We will have an engine upgrade. You know, we're going to take communion in a moment. And um, when we remember Jesus Christ and him crucified, we behold the true king, the true Lord, the true saviour of our lives. This is what we remember. See, he's asked us, the reason he's asked us to do things like take communion and to be baptised is because he wants us every time we meet, to be established in who he says we are, 
Because he knows that as we go out and live life, we get knocked around and we get people try to convince us that we're something other than sons and daughters of the King of all kings. But when we come back together, when we take communion, we remember him dying on the cross, we re-establish his dominion in our life and we re-establish our understanding of who we are in him. We are grafted into the family. We're part of the family of God. We re-establish his place at the forefront of our lives. Then we embrace the new us. Why don't you stand with me? Let me pray with you today. Father, we choose today to be in you. We thank you that you sent your son and we get the free will and the choice to choose to be grafted into your family. And we choose today to be in you, our Lord Jesus Christ. We accept, Father, that we are a new people. We thank you, Lord, that old things are passed away. And right now, we behold in this moment, as we remember your death, who we are in you. We take stock. We take measure of who we are. We lay down yesterday, Lord. We lay down how we feel right now, Lord. And we embrace simply who you said that we are. And we declare before each other and you, Father, that all things have become new, are becoming new, continue to become new. And we just declare to ourselves, we declare to those things that are outside of Christ that you are on notice, all things are become new. And no, yesterday is going to rob me of my tomorrow. No matter how good, no matter how tough yesterday was, there is a new tomorrow and a new way to glorify God and to walk in his blessing, in his authority and in his grace. So we thank you, Lord, that you are the way, that you are the truth, that you are the life. And we commit ourselves, Lord, to your direction, Father, to your truth and to your ability to relate. And we just honor you right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.